1: and thanks so much for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. My name is Carrie Charles and I am your host. I am absolutely thrilled to have with me today the COO of Tillman Infrastructure, Chris Hillebrand. Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show today.
2: Carrie, it's a wonderful chance to be here with you. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, so I'm so excited you're here. I believe I heard you speak at was it MetroConnect?
2: Yes, and we had a
1: conversation. I said, I've got to get this man on my show and hear more about Tillman. So please, Chris, tell us about the path that brought you here today in your career.
2: Sure. Thanks, Carrie. Journey here in telecom has been about 29 years in the industry. Started back in 1993. I entered a venture capital startup funded by Columbia Capital in Northern Virginia after a few years of working on Capitol Hill, working in politics, working on a couple of presidential campaigns. And it was my first time into telecom. It was an incredibly exciting time in the industry. There was explosive growth. There were new entrants. There was a lot of spectrum being put to use for the first time. Really the real wild, wild west or golden era of telecom as I like to think of it. And I came in right here on the ground floor in a role where I was doing negotiating spectrum deals on behalf of our customers with utilities and microwave incumbents. And from there, that led very shortly to an opportunity to work at a Verizon predecessor, Primeco. And at Primeco, I spent a couple of years working in program management, in retail sales. I had moved my family down, they married down to South Florida. It was an exciting time in the industry. Primeco was part of a joint venture of a bunch of different US based telecoms, and they were building out coverage. And I was right there at the beginning stages of building out those networks and launching them. So it was exciting times. And after about two and a half years, I got a call from a recruiter that there was this new startup company, one that I had worked with briefly in my earlier career, but this company called Western Wireless that was based out of Seattle. And it was led by a legendary figure in the industry who was their CEO. They were very much a scrappy startup, and they were interested in finding people that understood how to do market build-outs. And so I got recruited to go run the build-out in Austin, San Antonio, a pretty small market, a little over 200 sell sites at the time, and went down there, inherited a small team, built that market out, launched it on time, actually ahead of time and under budget. And that led to a series of progressive promotions over a 14-year period at T-Mobile. I was in Texas. I oversaw Austin, San Antonio, then Dallas, Louisiana, Virginia, and then ultimately got selected by current chief network officer, Neville Ray, to come work for him in the New York metro area, rebuilt, integrated the Omnipoint acquisition, built that network up, and then eventually got promoted to run both the West and then later the East Coast. And so it was a great time. It was a great run, fantastic company. And I certainly learned a lot, particularly on how to put together small companies and form one large one. And after 14 years, I had an amazing opportunity to go join one of our vendors, Ericsson, a Swedish company, telecommunications company that has both hardware and services. And I had a series of roles there, uh, progressively larger roles over five years. First, I ran operations across North America, and then later had the opportunity to do the same in Western Central Europe. I worked later at uh, Samsung, where I was in charge of device sales and Verizon, AT&T, huge $5 $5 billion P&L accounts and then finally another recruiter called me probably about three years ago and told me about this great little company this startup that was uh, taking on the big players in the industry and to me it sounded very much like the uh, old VoiceStream T-Mobile type of scenario David versus Goliath and here I am now two and a half years later leading operations at Tillman Infrastructure so it's, I've worked across industry across a lot of different functions I would just say this, there's never been a better time to be a telecom and certainly never a better time to be in telecom infrastructure, which is where we're focused today.
1: Yes, I agree with that. So tell me more about Tillman. Great. So
2: Tillman, again, we're a startup, but not a startup. We've been around now for five years. We are in the business of building and financing and owning telecommunication towers for the industry. Yeah, I think most folks that are on your podcast understand what we do, but These towers provide the vertical real estate for the antennas that allow the cellular networks and the wireless internet service providers to offer service to their customers. So it's really a B2B play. Here we are. Today, when I got here several years ago, we're about 300 towers. We're now over 1,600 towers today. Almost all of those have been organically grown. We're not horribly active in M&A based on some of the sky-high evaluations in the industry right now. And we've got a huge pipeline, over 2,500 additional committed sites. So to put that into perspective, we grew 40% year over year last year. We'll double that again over the next few years and likely double again in the two years. Wow. So it's really an explosive growth story and a great place to be. Our customers are the AT&Ts, the Verizons, the T-Mobiles, the Dishes, and the Wisps that are out there. But it's been amazing to watch this business grow and really establish itself as one of the preeminent, fastest growing tower codes in the US. So
1: explain the business structure of Tillman. I know you have four portfolio companies, correct?
2: Exactly. So there's Tillman Global Holdings, and that's the parent company. It's led by a very visionary leader in the industry, Sanjeev Ahuja. Some of you may know him. He was a former CEO over at Telcordia and also at Orange over in Europe. He's been very active across the world in building companies very successful companies. Tillman Infrastructure, I mentioned a second ago, was founded about five years ago. We're focused in on macro tower builds. And so we design, we build, we finance, and own that asset, Tillman Infrastructure. We have a sister company, Tillman Networks, that's now a couple years old, that is a full turnkey services company. So if we build the tower, these are the guys that then go in on behalf of the cell companies actually install the equipment that's going on the tower install the ground-based equipment they provide all the coordination with the transport providers and basically deliver an on-air site a turnkey on-air site to, to our customers and they've been very very successful again one of the rapid fastest growing and most rapidly growing service providers in the industry and, and a great success story the third part of the organization is Tillman digital cities and Tillman digital cities again is a Several years old now, they're focused in on in building systems. So you think of like large venues, you think of like here where I live locally, like a Yankee Stadium or the airport in JFK or Newark. They design and build and own those types of assets that uh, provide wireless service indoors. And then finally, a new entrant, which has not officially launched yet, but I think will be launching here soon, is Tillman Fiber. And they're really focused in on building out fiber to the home. And wholesaling for the industry and again fiber has been just like tower infrastructure a very explosive growth part of the industry up to this point so those the pieces of tillman all led ultimately by sanjeev and i happen to be in the largest and most established of those four companies today
1: so what do you think is fueling this explosive growth
2: yeah it's interesting because i would be lying if i didn't say that there's a lot of growth across the industry as a whole I mean, you look at some of the public companies that are out there and they've had record business results based on the transformation of networks with 5G. And so that's been very exciting to see the whole industry as a whole is growing. But within an explosive growth industry, I think we've really been the star of the industry in that we've grown faster and more prolific in terms of building. And there's a good reason why. We have a very unique business model. So if traditionally... The big three tower codes, they rent out space to a carrier. They're very specific in the equipment that goes on the tower. They tend to charge anytime something is added or taken off the tower. There's a new amendment that generates a whole bunch of additional fees. And ultimately the rents go up and up and up. We provide full condo rights across so somebody gets a certain capacity on a site. And just like a condo where you move in, you don't get charged every time you change your furniture. You're able to do whatever you want to decorate that space. Our customers are able to deploy whatever equipment they want. And that's been something where I think it's starting to take hold in the industry as a whole, but we were the spear in really driving that as part of our model. Second was around pricing. We had this fair and transparent pricing model where we actually opened our books. We share with our customers what it cost to build one of our towers. And then we charge them a fixed yield based on the build cost. And we're aligned to try to keep those costs as low as possible we have low escalators. And then I think the third thing is we typically have brand new towers. There's a lot of capacity. Many of the legacy towers were built long ago. They were built for one or two carriers at the most. Now they have three or four. They're constantly having to be upgraded and charging a high cost for those upgrades. So I think we have found the right balance of value to offer customers where we're not always the lowest cost, but in generally we're the highest value in the industry. That's what our customers tell us. Couple other things, our ability to scale. We have an in-house development team. We don't look like your traditional tower team. We have a full team of people, much like I did when I was on the operator side that are design, building, and, and operating these towers. And then our speed to market. I mean, we typically can clock in many of the sites we build in less than 10 months. If you're colouring on our sites, you can put in an application and literally install and be on air, depending on your backhaul solution within like 30 days. So it's it's that combination of all those. Things that makes us a compelling choice for our customers when they look at where do they want to put their investment, where do they want to grow their network. So, when is that choice?
1: Yeah. So, is there anything else? It sounds like there's so much that you just mentioned that makes you different <laughs> yeah. and makes you stand out in the marketplace from other tower companies. Is there anything else that, let's say, you didn't mention?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that we like to emphasize is that many of the leadership within our company. We have a high percentage of folks that have worked at the operators so that they understand some of the challenges that the customers face in doing their jobs and maximizing the efficiency of their capital and their OpEx spends. We like to think of ourselves as a strategic partner to the operators where we'll go in, we'll look at not just where they are today, but where they want to go to in time. And then we can plan our business really around helping to align with what that vision is and whether it's a Specific financing vehicle that they need, whether it's the type of flexibility that they need on a site, whether it's the timing that they need to be able to move off their existing carrier, we really do look to strategically partner. And that's shown by we're in the C suites versus just sitting and knocking on the doors of the purchasing agents at these companies. That's one. Two is I think we had a willingness to go in and where there was an existing tower provider that had very outrageous pricing. If we were able to overbuild, we showed that we were willing to overbuild and offer that value for customers. So there was this this piece of value where we could help folks to lower their OPEX costs, which was really important to operators. And then the final thing is we've pretty much come out and said, look, we're here to build and own these assets. There are many other providers and they're good providers, but oftentimes they just build a portfolio and then they flip it to the larger big three, thereby giving even more leverage to those guys. And so we've told our customers, look, we're in this game for the long haul. And as a result, they don't need to worry about us going off and selling off our portfolio. We give them leverage in those MLA negotiations they have with our competitors. And customers really appreciate that.
1: So company culture has always been something that is important to candidates and employees alike, but it's become even more and more important now because of the great resignation and this drive to keep people engaged and just to keep people employed with us, period. So tell me about the Tillman culture. What makes it unique and again, different and stands out in the marketplace?
2: Yeah, so I mentioned a second ago that we had this high percentage of our leadership has been on the operator side. And so there's this commitment to customer and I know it's cliche and every company says it, but I will say this is that we're absolutely focused in on delivering something of value to our customers. And if something, inevitably, this is not the meatus industry, there are things that will happen zoning that's delayed or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of externalities that exist. And it's that ability to focus in on what the customer needs and to drive to deliver against their expectations that I think is something that permeates the company culture. People processing tools is something that's written on my whiteboard. It's written on the owner's whiteboard. But at the end of the day, yes, we build and own assets, and that's important. But it's the people that we have that actually enables that. And I've seen this across my career at every stop, is when you have great people, it starts there. Then you're able to go and do impossible things. I can't tell you how many times in my career... Somebody groused at the high goals that we had set as a team, but then afterwards, after we were successful, came back and said, like, I didn't even know that I could do this, and I'm glad you challenged me. And so we have that very kind of exciting and challenging culture because expectations are high, and you don't deliver value by sitting and resting on your laurels. And then I'd say, although we are very well-funded, we've raised in excess of a billion dollars in that five years, we still have that startup mentality. So there's a sense of like every day is a struggle for survival. Again, you don't take anything for granted. We embrace innovation. There's no such thing as a bad idea. We're willing to try things differently. Even if we get it wrong, we'll learn from that and then bring it back and help improve our processes long-term. And then we also, we really hire for fit and values. So when we interview, literally myself, the CEO, we interview nearly every employee because we're a small company anyway, but we try to make sure that we actually touch, welcome that person as a potential candidate, and make sure that they will be a fit for the type of culture that I just described. And to me, that's part of what makes us unique. We're not always loved in the industry by our competitors, but I think we're at least appreciated for what we've brought into the space. And certainly our customers are thrilled at what we've been able to deliver on a very consistent basis
1: so i know Broadstaff is a staffing partner of tillman and it's been quite easy to staff for you even in a tough market so i would have to say that everything that you just said is absolutely spot on from my point of view speaking of that candidates have so many options these days and many times we'll have a candidate that has an offer and then they have another offer and another offer and another offer so i'm just curious From your perspective, you joined Tillman, was that three years ago? Yeah. Why did you choose Tillman over so many other opportunities? I mean, I listened to your journey and where you've come from and all the experience you have and all the opportunities that you probably had in your hands. So why Tillman?
2: There's a couple of reasons. I tell you, at the time that I went to Tillman, I was leaving another company. And I just, I realized at this point in my career, how important values and fit and culture really are. And I wasn't happy at the last job, despite having a very large role there and being well compensated and having a good job. At that time, I wasn't actively looking, but I had folks paying me on a regular basis as, as they do from time to time. And ironically, I was looking hard at Tillman and the process took a while. I probably had seven, eight interviews with the founder, just kind of having dinner together, getting to know each other, making sure that there was a good fit. There was another competitor to Tillman's, much larger competitor that I was simultaneously interviewing for. And it's a great company. They're very successful. They generate a lot of shareholder value. And it was that choice between, do I want to go to the scrappy startup, David, that has a lot of potential upside and an ability for me to really have a role in helping to shape the talent there and build the company, or go to a very established company where I was going to have to flex in and learn how to embrace their culture. And to me... It was that combination of that scrappy startup, their passion for the customer, their passion for growth, and that culture that just drew me to Tillman. I mean, I really haven't looked back. I've really enjoyed being a a part of here and really rebuilding some of the leadership team and leading us to a very successful place. So I'm really happy I made that decision. It made all the difference. Any candidate looking at a Tillman, I think, would see that come through through the interview process or if they talk to others that have worked here. It's been we went through our growing pains early on, and now we're a high-performing team, and we've enjoyed a lot of success. That's a place that you want to be if you're a candidate.
1: So, Chris, you've talked a lot about the growth and the development of employees and leaders at Tillman. And I know this is so, so important because many times when candidates come to us at Broadstaff, they say, I don't see growth. I don't see a future for myself here. And I know that's, something that's very, very important for you. And you have an interesting internal promotion rate. So can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just say, as any executive, and you look at, I mentioned I've been in here 29 years working at telecom, you look back at things that you're most proud about in accomplishing a career. And the easy things would be to say is like, oh, I successfully launched this market and built this company or went public or whatever that achievement is, that's more about achieving as a company success. But as as an executive, when I'd have to say what am I most proud of, it's a career where, and again, I don't take full credit here, but I will tell you, I know that I played a role in helping to identify, develop, nurture, and realize that talent base within the companies that I worked in. And that's led to several C-suite folks in various companies, a bunch of uh, EVPs, SVPs, VPs and directors, it's a hundred plus people, I think, that I can look back and personally say I've played a role in helping to grow their career. So it's very important to me personally as a leader that I'm focused in on nurturing and developing that talent because you ultimately there will come a time where all of us will shuffle off and retire. And when that time comes is you need to leave behind you a very strong bench of people that are capable Of stepping into those roles and not missing a beat in their job just start by saying that's how important it is to me personally your reference there in terms of a promotion rate. so one of the things i did when i came to tillman was i said look we brought a lot of people from the outside in and growing companies need that right there's no doubt but i wanted to set an internal promotion rate where we could measure our ultimate ability to identify and grow talent with the organization and not leave anybody behind, particularly those high potential employees that we knew had great capability. And so we set the goal at 80%. And quite frankly, if you look at most of the leadership positions, myself as an exception, is we've promoted from within, up into including our CEO, Saruchi Ahuja. So it's something that's tough to do because having the talent that's capable and has the potential is one thing, but having that potential leader or future leader ready for the job so that you don't impact the business and that you can take some level of measured calculated risk is always tough. And so despite the fact that I've rebuilt the leadership team, both in the sales team and the operations team, had to realign some roles and set, set, set aggressive goals to measure our process, we've been able to grow. I think we're actually a little bit, I think it was 82% when I looked at this last. And we identify those high power leaders with the potential. We promote them from within. If we've made a mistake, and sometimes we have made a mistake, we move somebody too quickly, we've tried to move that person back into a role when they can be successful. Because we want people to be willing to take that risk with us and say, yes, I'm ambitious, I want to do that, and I'm willing to take on more responsibility. And so that's been very effective for us. Every employee within my organization has some form of an IDP or an individual development plan that aligns with their role, what their future goals are, and then any gaps or growth areas that there are opportunities for them that they need to grow into. And so it's not perfect. We're a busy company. Everybody's busy. It's sometimes always the last thing that people think about is that personal development piece. But I'm just super passionate about that because I think if you're able to do this and pull it off, you get internal employee loyalty. People see that the opportunity is there, that the grass is not always greener. And I would say over time, most of the folks that have left ultimately have left because either they don't fit the culture, or they want something else out of their life at that point in time, but our highest performers we've been able to keep. And so knock on wood, long may that continue. That's Um, one of our success stories.
1: Over 80%, that internal promotion rate. That's incredible. And I think over the last two years, so many people have been rethinking what's important to them in their life, in a career. And This notion of development and looking toward the future, right? And you're giving someone a future, you're committed to development, I think is huge for candidates these days, as well as for for our employees, because people, it's just so different than it used to be, Chris. It's so, so different than it used to be. And I think you being committed and Tillman being committed to, like you said, taking a risk. And then it takes something to develop these new leaders. I mean, like you said, this isn't just like plug and play. Okay, we're going to promote you, put you here, and you know what to do. I mean, it's a massive commitment that you're making to these people, to their career path and their future. So I congratulate you on that. That's the right way to go these days for sure. So let's switch gears a little bit and tell me what trends that you're seeing in the tower space.
2: Okay. It's interesting, again, being the tip of the spear, I feel like we at Tillman pioneered a lot of this. And now I'm starting to see those same trends pick up when I speak to our customers in terms of the types of deals that they're driving with competitors. So there's been this move towards fair and flexible pricing. For a long time, the tower codes across the industry were not really liked, right? They were a necessary evil to realize capital to reinvest in the operator's businesses, But people were always hesitant to sell their portfolios because they knew they were giving up leverage. So fair and flexible pricing is something that we've seen start to take root, which I think is important and good for the industry. And the second is this this sense of high rent reloads. There are a couple of players in the industry which are absolutely adamant. They are not going to provide any flexibility in their pricing. And they have high escalators and very tough terms and conditions for the carriers. And so this we call it high rent reload, but this willingness to go and overbuild select towers in certain markets uh, is starting to grow. And we see it, it started being active in one of our large customers, but now is active across several of our customers. And we serve as that lead player to help them to achieve their financial aims. I think the third one is rural wireless is alive and well. So there was so much focus on building and launching 5G in the major metro areas. But as you look across each of the carriers, whether it's FirstNet with at and t or small town rural with T-Mobile, and Verizon has always had that role of focus, is that these secondary and tertiary markets, which have not always been the most attractive financially, is there's a battle going on for market share amongst the carriers. and everybody is very, very active. and it aligns with our portfolio. We're primarily a suburban exurban and rural power operator, and therefore we're seeing a lot of business in that area. And then I would just say, and this is something that's a trend that's been here for a long time, there's been a lot of small cell activity, and there's certainly use cases for small cell that makes perfect sense for the operators. But I would tell you, macro is still king, right? Now. <laughs> macro cell sites, we keep building them. Everybody's been busy. I'm always amazed. In-building is there. It's growing rapidly as well. Small cells is a player there. But these macro sites... This is where the action is. And so, again, we're just so fortunate to be at this point in our our company history in the crossroads. We're right where we need to be in a space that's explosively growing and providing a good value for our customers and driving, creating shareholder value for our shareholders. Sometimes I just got to pinch myself to say, like, how did we have the vision to pick this part of the industry and then perform so well? And it's just a blessing, honestly.
1: Chris, I love your passion. So looking years ahead, what is the vision of Tillman?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, growth for the sake of growth is not our sole ambition, although that probably comes across. We really want to be the preferred choice of our customers as an infrastructure partner. And We talked about it's not just Tillman infrastructure, but now we have a networks business that can provide services and then building and a fiber piece that can provide those services We really want to become not just a choice, the preferred choice. And we're going to do that by delivering against customer expectations on a very consistent basis and providing a superior value in the marketplace. Again, we won't always be the cheapest. We tend to be very competitive, but it's about being this preferred choice and customer service, which we think can differentiate us from the other guys. Again, they're well-run companies. They do a good job, but there's conflict often. And we want to get in there and provide that value. And I think the second thing is not just becoming the preferred choice, then it's about market share. It's like, how do we eventually grow? And again, taking the big three aside, but if you look at the private tower codes, is like, how do we become the number one or two growth partner for each of those? How do we gain the market share as we're growing specifically and become ultimately a tower company that's 5,000 plus towers over the next three to five years? And then who knows where we go from there? At that point, I think we could grow even bigger. We've got experience working internationally before I think there's a bunch of other things. And then I'd say the final piece is about we want to be the preferred employer. We want employees to want to come to Tillman. For the first three or four years of existence, we flew under the radar. We didn't do uh, interviews like this. We tried to keep a low profile as we were establishing ourselves and going through the growing pains of establishing ourselves in the sector. But now that we're at this point, we want people to know who Tillman is we want Tillman to become the employer of choice, not just for folks to come and to get their experience, but honestly, to spend their career here. And ultimately, they outgrow Tillman infrastructure, that they go on to one of the other Tillman companies and find a way to grow over time. And, And I'm convinced that that will happen. We've already had a couple of executives go from our company on TI over to TN. We're very passionate about moving people around the businesses. It's that preferred destination for employees and probably most apropos of this talk, of where we hope to be over
1: time. I love it. Chris, you said something earlier, which I want to get this right. Maybe we can quote it in the podcast, but it's great people. When you have great people, you can do the impossible. What was it? I just loved it.
2: Yeah, it's about this concept of where when you have great people and you set really audacious goals to achieve, oftentimes employees would say, I don't think this is possible. This is too high. It can't be done. And it's the realization that after it's been accomplished, and it's a journey to get there, it's never straight, it's never easy. But once that journey is complete, that employees look back and what they've said to me, and this isn't just once or twice, this has been many, many times, is people said like, I didn't even know I could do that. Yes. I didn't have the confidence and willingness to even roll the dice and to just go for it. And the beauty is sometimes you may fall a little bit short but you've accomplished so much more than you would have if you played it safe. And it's that smart, calculated risk-taking, which I think is emblematic of what makes Tillman a great player in the space and a great place to work.
1: Chris, that is the mark of great leadership. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Can you please tell us, where can we go to find out more about Tillman? Where can we go to find... I'm sure you're hiring. Yes, you are. Yes. So let's, where can we go to find out more about Tillman Jobs as well?
2: So I would say if you go to www. TillmanInfrastructure, That is our website. You can learn more about our company. We have all of our job openings posted there. You can also go to LinkedIn or Indeed where I think we have many of these posted. We have reviews on Glassdoor. I'm happy to say that they're fairly positive. And it's a company that's worth learning more about because it is a great place to work. And ultimately, you'll find leadership embraces the challenges and helps to grow and develop people. And that's really all you can ask for in a career is like that you have that opportunity to show what you have and you accomplish great things together as part of a team. And that's a great place to work.
1: Couldn't agree more, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been fantastic. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, Gary. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, telecom careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.